chapter five, in which we find out that there are always at least two sides to every story, and that Deptford's pride and Deptford's shame sit uneasily alongside each other at the dockside. arrived at Deptford Strand steps on the foreshore. Sit or stand on the steps if you're able. For now, you can face the small plaque on the wall across from you, commemorating an auspicious occasion. Close your eyes for a moment and listen to the waves of this river. So much part of the stories of Deptford You may open your eyes now. It's April, 1581. Over there stands Queen Elizabeth I and Admiral Francis Drake, who's about to become a knight. Thousands of people attended this ceremony on a makeshift walkway which collapsed halfway through, spilling about a hundred of them into the Thames. No lives were lost, but a man from Greenwich lost his favourite clay pipe. Let's consider these two dignitaries for a moment. Firstly, Queen Elizabeth I, a heroine to some, a courageous woman who refused to marry and whose reign was an era of peace and prosperity when the arts had a chance to blossom. Almost commendable, of course. But there is another side of this story to consider. Elizabeth was also a slave trader, profiting, as many others did, from the largest commercial trading of human beings in history. Secondly, the soon-to-be-anointed Sir Francis Drake, a consummate navigator, one of England's greatest explorers. He helped save England from invasion by Spain. But he was also a pirate, licensed by the Queen to steal, burn and destroy Spanish ships in the New World. And much of his wealth came from trading in slaves, too. There are many other stories to be told here, too, by these steps. Many things we trees have witnessed in our long lives, from when our great north wood stretched from here for many miles. Lesser-known stories, perhaps, which nonetheless deserve to be told. This is one of them, told by a young man whose life and work changed history. Look behind you. There he is, looking out at the river which first brought him to England. My name is Alauda Equiano. In our language, Alauda means good fortune. You see, the Royal Dockyard in Deptford was a centre for the transatlantic slave trade. Me and my sister raced each other to the edge of the village by the wall and back again. And three out of four times, she won. We were not supposed to stray so far, but with no adults in sight, there was no stopping us. Then we played our favourite game, hide and seek. I counted. One, two, three... Official Navy records show the slave trade was to enrich England for centuries to come and correspondingly depopulate and impoverish Africa. Four, five... Six, 
Millions of African peoples were stolen from their homelands and forced into slavery. Seven, eight, nine... All those millions of heartbreaks and survivals, each as individual as a fingerprint. Of those millions of stories, only a few were told. Ten! Coming, ready or not! When I opened my eyes, there they were. Strangers. My sister opened her mouth to scream, but they put a rag in to quiet her. I saw her legs kicking out and I was glad she was fighting so hard. Alauda was 11 when he and his sister were stolen from their home in Nigeria, separated and placed on board a slave ship. I was a child. I still believed in ghosts, and I was sometimes afraid of the dark. I believed they were bad spirits. I believed they meant to kill me. He never saw his homeland or his parents again. I was given many names. First on that slave ship, they called me Michael. Then the first man who bought me called me Jacob. The next man who owned me called me Gustavus Vassa. If I objected to my new name, I was given many a cuff. Alauda was bought and sold ten times. The man who gave me the name Gustavus favoured me and sent me to England to learn to read and write. By 1768... Equiano had gained his freedom. When I wrote my story, I signed it with my name, Olauda Equiano, son of Africa. He published his autobiography in 1789, called The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Olauda Equiano. The book went through nine editions and aided passage of the British Abolition of the Slave Trade Act of 1807. In it, He tells the story of the horrendous conditions on slave ships and appalling injustices of the slave trade. It is said to be the best-known written account of the life of a slave. I offer the history of neither a saint, a hero, nor a tyrant. I offer the story of one man. There's a statue of Equiano made by pupils of Edmund Waller School in Brockley, And his face is one of those included on Martin Bond's sculpture, Wall of the Ancestors, right here on Aragon Tower. I hope we've whetted your appetite, and you might go on to read more about Olauda's incredible life. It's time to leave here now, walking left down Foreshore with the river to your right. You will walk past the Pepys Library on your left, and at a sculpture with five flagpoles in a circle, Step inside the circle and press chapter 6.